This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This will be a good afternoon episode of Locked On Browns as you know, Pete and I, we get through your Twitter mailbag, uh, Twitter Tuesday, um, as we start to get stuff through here and manipulate the bye week. Um, check out the PFF episode, obviously the post-game episode, um, you know, good or bad. Look, I mean, a lot of goes into it. And, you know, as Pete and I like to tell you, a lot of the pregame will usually correlate into the post-game, and it definitely rang true this week. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, obviously, from Browns Maven. Uh, check everything out over there through the umbrella of SI. As, you know, Pete and his little crew there started to put together some fantastic work and, you know, kind of plant their flag, so to speak in the industry of covering the Cleveland Browns, your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Pete, uh, we got to this last night in the post game and, you know, the egregious way it was handled before half. Um, Freddie doubling up on it today on that drive before the half. And it's not a question of, you know, aggressiveness. It's a question of understanding where the game is at. It's understanding what you're up against. And there's certain guys you want to limit the amount of times the ball is in their hand. Russell Wilson, by all means, is one of those guys. And look, I, I understand trying to defend your actions essentially in the moment. But now where you had 16 hours to think about it, it it's okay to say, look, you know, if I had it to do over, maybe I would have done it a little differently, but to just go ahead and slap it all down there again, it's, you know, and I feel bad for Freddie. Obviously things aren't going the way he felt they were going. They were going to go and you know, a lot of them. And I had talked about this. It seemed like he was going to get tired of this talking and the press aspect of it. And it kind of seems that's where we are, but doubling down on it, 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 it leaves me in a tough spot. Um, so yeah, I mean, aggress- I, I like in general, his aggressive approach. Um, I think the notion of saying you're not going to call certain plays, uh, because you're, you're, you're trying to pass in order to protect the clock to try to give the ball to the, the opponent with like 90 seconds left and use your three timeouts to get the ball back. Um, I don't hate the notion of that in so far as you're trying to get as many points as possible, but I think it's one of those deals where you call the the best play for the job. And if it so happens that you get there in enough time that you can be that aggressive and try to get the ball back, so be it, but you don't skip steps to get there. Like he was two, two steps further down the road than, than, he should have been, and it should have been just focusing on what's the best play call to um, get in the end zone right there. And the other, but I mean, the the sort of ancillary effect of that is he basically has, you know, the utmost confidence in Baker Mayfield, which I like. I don't want him to handcuff play calling based on Baker Mayfield and say, well, we're not going to do this because, you know, I, I don't trust him or whatever. Um, however, he, he, he's gone so far to the opposite where now it's a little bit problematic and that you're, you're too aggressive for that. Thing. 
But um, I would rather have a coach be too aggressive and have to tone it down than the other way. And and had the Browns won that game, uh, I think a lot of it would have been because Freddie Kitchens was, was so aggressive with, you know, their, their, the way they went forward on fourth downs and those things. But uh, this is one of those deals where you have to learn from it. You have to get better and you have to, um, you know, that we, he's talked about learning on the job. This is certainly an example of where that's got to be, you know, basically reinforcing the notion of win the simplest way and when winning the simplest way in this case would have been just doing the best possible uh, drive uh, by your team to get in the end zone and then address, you know, the, the, the next situation, just uh, getting too far ahead of himself. It, and that, it's just, it, it's mind boggling in that everything that he's saying is, and look, take it where it's at. It's a minute 30. You're at the nine. The worst you can possibly do, the absolute freaking worst, is maybe be up 23-12 and Seattle gets the ball with a little under a minute to go. Look, I understand the aggressive. And look, the the two-route play call, um, Jarvis on which, you know, some people want to say a slant in that scenario. It's probably more of a skinny post is where he ran it. Um, Griffin is a long limb corner. Landry is not that. Um, it was a bad matchup. It was a bad play call. If you want to go something where it's trips and you're trying to, you know, penetrate one zone, whether it's outside, where it's middle, or just run Nick and let's see where it's at, even if it's only two yards. Now it's third and seven from the seven. You see if Seattle's going to take a timeout. I mean, we've seen this team, Pete, run time off the clock to give the punter five five more yards. You had the – basically the world was your oyster in that situation. And, you know, oh, we're going to use our timeouts and we'll, we'll score here and then we'll go we'll, – we'll get the ball and we'll score again. It's – I mean, it's college style. It's freaking video game style. It's – it's not ready for the league when you're playing a team that already came in four and one and is a proven playoff team year in year out. Yeah. I I mean, again, it's, it's, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. You have to take care of um, the first situation first. And clearly that didn't happen. And that has to, uh, that has to be a more, organized thought process and hopefully he learns from it because if not, you know, if, and when, you know, he gets fired, um, these will be the things that, that are the reason Uh, I don't want him to change who he is. I don't want him to, uh, you know, tone tone down being aggressive, but at the same time, you've got to be smarter about it and know, know, a know your personnel and B know the situation. And I don't, I don't think either of those things happened. Uh, But, Again, I, I'd rather have him be super aggressive and have to tone him down than go the other way. So we shall see if that is something that sort of uh, gets better with time or not. Like coming into the season, this is how I thought the Browns were going to lose early games. And it's, you know, there have been two of them with the Rams and now the Seahawks. And, you know, the, the, the reasons for each have been different and frustrating in their own way. Um, but, 
these are also some of the, the coaching reps that this staff needs to get, and they've got to learn from it quickly. I agree with, uh, I, I do agree there. And But the thing is, is what has worked for them right now in the red zone? Because pretty much nothing as far as throwing the ball has, work, ball has worked. What's worked in the red zone is Nick Chubb. And, you know, and this is coming from, a, you know, obviously a bunch of other folks as well is, um, look, I, I don't know how much more you can give Nick Chubb the ball. And this is when I talk about John, Cos- I talked with John Costco earlier is, you know, where exactly can you maybe get Nick to perform more in the passing game? But, Pete, if he's going to be a full-time back, and look, we have zero issue with that, it can't just be where he's involved in the passing game is the screen game because it's obvious, it's blatant. When the screens come, they're not fooling anybody anymore. And there was yesterday, you know, they ran one with a joker motion with Odell, which looks great. But, you know, once those linemen take one step left, everybody knows what's coming um angle routes choice routes you've got to you know unless you're just biding your time because you feel right now that behind him and Hilliard and Dearness Johnson aren't just good enough and you're just biding your time so Kareem Hunt gets back I can understand but look you've got to try to let Nick do a little bit more as a receiver um pretty much everything you put on this plate he's kind of found a way to get it done he's improved as a run as a pass blocker his, as far as the overall you know, running back, he's fantastic. It's time to let's try for the next adaptation of what Nick Chubb can be. Uh, it's interesting. I, I, I agree, and that I think that's sort of the next step in his evolution. Um, I don't hate the idea that they are trying so hard to make the screen a viable thing. I think the Seahawks did a great job in sort of reading it and reacting to it. Um, I do agree that most of the, uh, you know, most of the time when Nick Chubb gets the ball as in a receiving capacity, that's how he's doing it. The other time, the other part is, uh, is in a, in a checkdown type role. He's still on the flat though. Like there's not much variance in terms of where he's going, but uh, that is sort of the next step I'd like to see them take with with this uh, with him. Um, is do more in terms of those things because I think now that Antonio Callaway is back, uh, you know, and hopefully that that is a continues to be functional. Um, if in that sense, um, if with with him and Odell Beckham abil- ability to stretch the field vertically, you know, I think it creates some under options for a guy like Nick Chubb where he's already passed the defensive line and now he's just got linebackers and, and DBs, which is exactly the great, the situation he wants. So, you know, whether that's the bye week whether that's sort of the, the, the remainder of the season, whether that's in the next season, whatever. Um, I, I, I think the Browns understand how good he is. I think they understand, uh, you know, that his, his potential is, is largely uh, unlimited in terms of what he can sort of do offensively. Uh, I, I don't hate the process they're taking with him, I, I, but I, I do hope that as this keeps going, they, they sort of add more on his plate because I, I think he can do it. And I think he's, you know, done everything so far uh, in stride. And I don't think it's a situation where you're sitting there worrying about um, overloading him or anything. Uh, I go back to the Bengal, the first Bengal game last year where he made that incredible reception on a wheel route. Granted, it was in the red zone, so it wasn't like a deep route. But it's 
I would like to see a little bit more natural progression where you're trying him in some of this. And look, even still, he runs a wheel route. You know, have somebody from the other side come with a a long drag route. It just seems the you know what was appealing about this offense. It seems like it's it's not here, and everything we kind of fell in love with in the last the last half of last year with Freddie Kitchens, which you know kind of drew our wanting and acceptance of him being the guy who was going to drive the bus here. It, it doesn't seem to be working out that way. Uh, obviously, we'll slip in this year before we get to more with Pete. Uh, the folks at Roman Men's Health Company are changing the game with Roman Swipes. The secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash NFL. all caps. Uh, find a way. Be a hero. Be a champion. For the significant other in your life. As we move on, and I do like this one, actually, Pete, so I'm going to kick this one up here. Um, Dower Ryder, obviously, Freddie brought it up today, and Dower reported it. Somebody ran a wrong route yesterday. First thought, Pete, is always, I'm sorry, on Sunday, our first thought is probably Callaway. I'm thinking somebody ran the incorrect route, Pete, on the interception where the two crashed into each other and Odell wasn't able to get there on the slant. Yeah, probably. I mean, that that would make uh, a lot of sense given given what happened. Uh, you know, I that it's frustrating on a few few uh, notions. The, the fact is, if it was supposed to be a slant, that 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 uh, Beckham couldn't sort of get out of the way of the linebacker and ultimately got you know ran to it. I, I'm annoyed that Baker Mayfield sort of assumed that pass to that extent. Like, come on, you got to be better than that. So yeah, I mean, it's frustrating that. You're writing this thing, but it's sort of an indication of where this team is at. Um, little mistakes uh, are, are big, uh, have big implications on the game. And that's, you know, that's the, th- those are the things that have to get better. And in this two weeks, you have to clean up those mistakes, especially obviously the turnover uh, issue in particular, which obviously this led to um, those miscues are losing the Browns games. And, you know, if they do nothing else but improve that, I think they'll win and win a lot, especially given the the, the, the teams they start to play. Uh, but, you know, that's an indication of where this team is. And, and I know, you know, a lot of people are sort of frustrated with, with this. It's largely where I expected them to be, though the, the path they, they've chosen to get there has been certainly unexpected. But they are a young team. They are with a different coaching staff, even though Freddie Kitchens was here. Uh, they've got Todd Munkin in this, and you are start seeing some of the, the that influence and some of those things, but uh, they have to just clean up those mistakes or they're going to keep losing. And I, I'm confident uh, that as the season goes on, they will get better uh, significantly. So I, I expect them to take a jump after the bye week. They did last year uh, with Freddie Kitchens in tow, with a lot of these players in tow. I think it'll be a big help to them and I think you know it it may not show against the Patriots because they are playing unbelievable defense but I think that they are going to be substantially improved uh, in those areas and hopefully it's going to eliminate some of those mental mistakes uh, in that in that situation now Pete here's one Um, and we had a package of plays for Rashard Higgins we never got to that package 
Um, look, in what universe does a guy who was what was your base offense of starting three wide receivers, a tight end, and you know Nick Chubb, so eleven personnel? In what universe now did we go to Rashard Higgins was a starting wide receiver to we were unable to get to the package of plays we had for Rashard Higgins and Antonio Callaway. Look, you know, granted there was two catches. Eh, there was nothing appealing about it. And this offense just has a certain freaking hum to it. When 81 is in there, obviously we've guys, you, you know what we think of Rashard, the fact that he can't get an offensive snap. And we're talking about Dontrell Hilliard, running a pass route as a wide receiver, leading two hands on the ball. Look, yes, the ball was off. You got two hands on it. I'll give you the one hand. He had two hands on it. You come down with that. Um, So maybe when you're down with three minutes to go and you need to get down the field and get a score, maybe that would be the package where you bring in your most efficiently successful wide receiver? Um, so all of this suggests that Richard Higgins, while active, isn't as healthy as, as we'd like to believe. Um, to if me, that's, that's the case, that then that's nonsense. Don't go the same route you went with Warden Higgins, suit up Ratley, let him play special teams. But it seems like they're, I don't know, it almost seems like they're kind of dogging the guy. And maybe it's because now it's the second time he's hurt while John Dorsey's here, but is this seriously the route we're going? Because when the guy's out there, he gets it freaking done. Um, I, I don't like going down the, the, you know, that rabbit hole in terms of his guy versus, you know, not his guy type stuff. Uh, this is every time that involves a player that, you know, that obviously wasn't, uh, was here before Dorsey got here. Um, this tends to happen. I, I'm, I'm assuming um, it was a matter of health, and they felt he was better than Damian Ratley, but not to the point where they wanted him out there. Um, you know that that is certainly uh, possible that that's not the case, and they just opted to go a specific way, whether that's a coaching decision or a general manager influence decision. I don't have any interest in really getting into that. What I would say is that we're going to find out in a hurry um, coming out of the bye week because, you know, his knee's going to be healthy presumably by then uh, because he's, you know, if you count yesterday, which I do, he's missed five games. Um, yep. If it was any worse than that, um, one would assume that. Uh, he would have went IR. Yeah. So, you know, this is one of those things where, where it's the bye week's going to have to sort of, prove itself on this one. So I'm not saying I give it a pass. I, I, I have, I certainly have a raised eyebrow to the situation, um, but I'm sort of waiting and seeing on this one because I, I've never gotten a sense, particularly last year that, you know, whether Dorsey like may or may not like a guy that Freddie gives a shit. Um, he just plays where he plays and he's not never been uh, afraid to, go with the guy he thinks is going to help him win. So that's one of those I I will put a bookmark on and see where it goes. But certainly I'm irritated 
that you know, and, and, and this put this under injury suck. You know, I, I re- would really like to see him out there because obviously I think he's a good player that can help the Browns. Uh, you know, and this is in the same vein as David Njoku and 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 the corners and those things, where it just sucks. Uh, you know, that, that they are dealing with injuries that they in the way they are. Um, we'll, we'll wait and see. It, frustrating because you know. All indications were, you know, he practiced all of last week. He practiced all of this week. We got somewhat of a cryptic message, you know, cryptic quote in terms of uh, Richard Higgins before this game was going to, you know, before this game was going to happen. They said he was like healthy. And then as long as he's active, which there was something there that just struck me as odd. So, you know, then then you saw him active and it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll see what he can do. And then he ultimately didn't play. So, yeah, it's just frustrating. And the other thing is, is, you know, with Baker, with the struggles he's currently having, um, give him the guy he's most familiar with. And the other thing is it's almost rewarding Callaway after all his indiscretions, which it's just frustrating. And for me, it's it's a bad, bad look. The guys, do yourself a favor. Um Get the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app, whether on Apple or Google, and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps. Uh, look, it's it's Monday It's Monday night. It's, it's, a, it's a long day. Uh, Mondays suck. Make it easier. Have dinner brought in. Just one less hassle to get you through. You're terrible. Mondays. Pete, we talk all the time about playing with your best personnel. Offensively, what is the best five skill set the Browns can put on the field? It's a good question. Um, right now, uh, you know, let, let's let's you know, if if we're saying that uh, that uh, Richard Higgins is healthy. Um, I would say it's Higgins. I'm sorry. I would say it's uh, Nick Chubb and then those four receivers. Uh, I would say that's the best group. If you're saying Higgins isn't healthy, I would say it's the the three receivers, uh, Callaway, uh, Landry, and 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 Beckham. And then right now, it, it it's probably Ricky Seals Jones is your next guy. I would um, say Ricky Seals Jones goes in even over Callaway. Um, you're not. What made Callaway good last year was like the element of surprise it was it was Perriman it was Higgins it was Jarvis um you're gambling on and and this is same reason maybe Chad Thomas is playing more than Jannard Avery is you ain't got to plant your flag just because you drafted the guy um it's great that maybe you're developing players that's fine because you're eventually going to lose players. But at the end of the day, if you're going down, Pete, with not your best guys getting an at bat, it's just bad. Yeah, I agree. Although, you know, yesterday I thought, you know, I thought the skill group they had made a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I, I certainly hear the frustration and understand the frustration when it comes to Callaway. Uh, but, he is tantalizing and, and there's no getting away from that. Clearly um, big, strong, fast, 
can do a lot of things, and they have obvious they obviously like him because they tried to get passes to him uh, early in the game. Um, I love that he tried to pull the Odell with the one hand, and nobody knew who he was. The announcers didn't know who he was because he tried to go the one handed route. Yeah, no, that wasn't Beckham, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think they called him Jarvis Landry initially, um, but yeah. anyway. Yep. But uh, yeah, so that um, I actually was pretty happy with that. They went to that spread look. Um, and did some of those things. Uh, Which in, two the schmucks recommended on the pregame show? Yeah, at the end of the game, they went, you know, just right trips, and then ultimately it was right empty with, you know, where Doncho Hayard ended up being that other receiver. Um, Why? I thought that, well, that's its own question. I, and I don't hate Doncho Hilliard. It's just unfortunate. No, that's where he's good. He's not good at pass pro. And, and, you know, look, he was good at return, but um, unless he's running routes out of the backfield. We have guys who can do that at the wide receiver position. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought they had some cohesion. I thought they had some good things going from that standpoint. Um, you know, I'm hoping that, again, it, we'll see how – if I'm putting too much on, on my faith and, the, and the, the, the magical healing powers of the bye week. Uh, but I feel like a lot of those things are going to get better. I, I'm, I'm happy um, – like I said, I, one of the things I, I really like about Freddie Kitchens is he doesn't give a shit. If you can help him win, he's going to put you out there. And Ricky Shields-Jones is a fantastic example of that. Brashard Perryman last year was a good example, but clearly um, Ricky Shields-Jones, I mean, if you can help Freddie Kitchens win, he doesn't care. He will put whoever out there uh, and, and make it and allow them to, to make plays, which I'm, I'm, happy, to, I'm happy to see. Um, you know, so that – is what I'm sort of looking looking to see. Um, I, I'm also hoping that you know there's going to be some changes to the line because the that game told me that Freddie Kitchens doesn't trust the five guys up front. I think yesterday was the first game where it seemed like Freddie Kitchens was missing Kevin Zeitler, uh, particularly down by the goal line. You pull linemen at the two yard line, you're saying that somebody's not able to move the guy off the ball um, straight up. And that clearly happened. Uh, and, I, and I have a feeling it's the right guard in particular, but the right tackle is no, no, is no good at that either. Just happens to be that they were successful with it with the right guard. Um, so it's, I'm inclined to sort of look at that spot, but they've got guys that they can in, in, sort of help with that, or at least, look at so I will be curious to see if that goes because that's a better fit for who they are and who they want to be particularly with Nick Chubb and Freddie Kitchens um, and then you know with that I think it opens up some more options in, in the play calling because then you aren't you know married to having tight ends and, and a fullback help you block it doesn't mean you can't do that it just doesn't mean you don't have to do it and, and at times they they, they uh they attempted to do that. Um, they, uh, they, they did spread them out and run the ball a little bit with Chubb, and they did, did some things along those lines where they you know, tried to, to see it, what would happen with the Seahawks defense um, if they had to go wide, and I thought it was productive. Um, and I'd like to see more of that, but ultimately it comes down to do you believe in the five guys up front, and at least right now, uh, Freddie Kitchens does not. 
and look, uh, you know, Kush had a better day as far as pass pro. Um, still, you are the weakest link. Chris Hubbard, um, not a very good day. And then penalties equation into it. We talked about this yesterday. That's it, it's not good from that standpoint. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, his ball got intercepted by a linebacker. We talk about the fact that Seattle likes to keep three linebackers on the field. Could you imagine whether it was Callaway or whether it was Higgins or whether it was Landry or it was Beckham that K.J. Wright is trying to cover them? Probably much better opportunity for a result there. Pete, Dayon Buchanan, now Zach Brown from the Philadelphia Eagles. These are linebackers on the street. Um, they're trying to incorporate, I'm not saying it's big, but putting three linebackers on the field, Deion Buchanan, Zach Brown, or Darius Taylor. Would you rather have one of those two on the field in a three-linebacker look as opposed to our Darius Taylor? Um, well, first, I would if I'm looking at uh, Deion Buchanan, I'm putting him as a safety, um, not deep safety. I'm putting him as a slot slot um i i expect the so basically all right well let's say this you would cut morgan burnett and bring in Dan buchanan uh it wouldn't be morgan burnett um it would you know who it'd be um (laughs) i i i i I would drop jermaine whitehead so fast he's he can't play dead um but anyway so the mirage uh, of the baltimore game is over he had one relatively productive shining moment other than one Other than that, he's, he can't tackle. So, anyway, it, if the Browns' safeties – I'm sorry, if the corners are healthy, I, I think the Browns cannot wait to get T.J. Carey back in the middle because he tackles better than most of the safeties do, um, which is, you know, not great on one hand, but it sort of upgrades you on the other hand. Um, He'll get his nose dirty. Thought, There's no doubt about that. If I have a choice, I mean, I, I, I would get Zach Brown in a heartbeat. Uh, he's a good linebacker. Um, he, may be, he may be more athletic than any linebacker on this roster. He, he's, he's a freaky dude. Um, I don't know the details of why he was released by the Eagles. Obviously, he, he ran his mouth about Kirk Cousins. His former teammate, um, which, again, weird, uh, saying that if they put forced the ball into his hands, they would have no problem winning. He goes off for almost 350 yards and four touchdowns, and, and they win. Uh, the Vikings destroy them. Um, I don't know if, if any of that had anything to do with it or if it just happens to be a coincidence. But, rest, but Zach Brown is better than, than Mac Wilson, who is struggling. Um, certainly better than Ardarius Taylor. Uh, certainly or Darius Taylor, if you're saying you like him, is because you like his special teams contributions. You do not Which uh, when he when him. you're paying him one point whatever in change million, our Darius Taylor was not brought in here to be a starter. Who are we kidding? No. Um and, and I think, you know, there were people who, who insisted that Chris Kirksey wasn't a, wasn't useful, whatever, you'd never miss him. I kind of miss him because he's at least willing to take on some blocks. But look, it's the bye week. If you're gonna take a look at some of these things, now is absolutely the time. Yep. I have no problem with bringing in either one because it or both, um, and, and and getting an upgrade at the positions. Uh, but again, I, I think TJ Carey may solve some of that. But they have 12 DBs, and you know, get rid of, uh, get rid of the one, get rid of one of them. 
if you want to bring in Daniel Buchanan because you you think he's if nothing else he's bigger, uh, I, I'm all for it. Um, if you want to bring in Zach Brown because he's a credible linebacker and you only have one of those, I'm totally for it. Um, You're also carrying seven wide receivers. You didn't dress two yesterday. Um, maybe it's time to you know you know add a little bit at the linebacker position. You can easily drop a secondary guy. You can easily drop Taiwan Taylor. It you know you get this defense a little bit and, and look give Steve Wilkes who likes to manipulate things and do things all over the charts. Give him what he needs, um, and even if it's only a, a snap or two. Give him what he needs. Give him what he likes. Um, and look, guys, uh, the Dayon Buchanan relationship with Steve Wilkes making me makes Zach Brown a more probability. Pete, the bottom line is that that, that because of, you know they have seven receivers and, and twelve DBs, clearly something has to give, um, and now would be the time to sort of do that. If you're gonna whether it's uh, bringing guys up off of injured reserve because you designate two refer- to for a turn, obviously. David Njoku's a couple weeks away. Drew Forbes, you know, that's that's sort of a, a question. But if, if you're trying to sort of uh, change up your roster, you certainly have the guys that you need to, you, you can afford to move on from um, right now. So this would be sort of the time to do that. Uh, exactly. I mean, look, Forbes is one we talk about. Um, the manipulation of, you know, Wyatt Teller, where he's going to factor into this. Um, you have Shredder, which, you know, again, look, I mean, John, somewhere along the way, just admit a loss. And, you know, you need at least something more probably in the upfront, whether it's playing Gennard Avery. Um, you don't need 12. I mean, you have 19 specialists between wide receivers and defensive backs. That's an insane amount. And the fact that you're sitting them, it's when you have holes otherwhere, find a way, plug it. Um, there's always the possibility of the trade scenario. Something to look out for in that aspect. Well, that, Pete, by the way, that, that becomes a question. Uh, obviously, the theory is that they are, you know, the idea is that they asked Jannard Avery to add weight and, and he's slower as a result. You know, in two weeks, is he, if he's sort of, more acclimated or lost some of that weight or whatever, you know, is that going to be another move that gets made? You know, is that, is that something else that happens where, you know, I know that the the playmaker Chad Thomas is, is, is just killing it. And you can't, you can't get through a game without talking about all the plays he's made uh, or uh, Chris Smith or whoever, but. um, You are not going to sell me on any aspect ever that Chris Smith or Chad Thomas have shown more than what Jannard Avery showed in a brief glimpse in 2018. And that's yeah, like the so hardest that, sell that's job. That's why I don't buy the whole my picks versus the other guy's picks thing because Jannard Avery was their pick. and Jannard Avery was really good. It would behoove them to play him. Um, because Avery covered his ass on the fact that Thomas was a bad pick. Right, it, 100%. So... You know, that's another thing that, that maybe uh, could play out and, and we could see that that sort of happen, that, it's you know, he's acclimated or he's gone ahead and dropped some weight because they, they, they realized this whole thing was stupid and you let the player be great at whatever weight it allows him to be great, whatever. But that'd be the other thing I'd sort of keep an eye on defensively. 
And before we start to slowly put this to bed, Pete, league-wise, Brown-wise, what's on Pete Smith's chest? What do you got to get off? Well, the Steelers uh, obviously won yesterday in, in, in San Diego, which... By the way, that linebacker looked really, really good. Well, first, Devin Bush is great. Second, he has (laughs) – whatever God or whatever he's worshiping has paid in all of it because those two turnovers he got were like absolute gifts. I still don't know what the hell Phillip Rivers was doing. They're the gifts of the seminal God, Pete. It's it, it's the seminal in him. It's the inner seminal, even though he was dumb enough to go to Michigan. It's the gift of the say, seminal God. What's, what's their record right now? It's not very good. But uh, the other part is, uh, obviously, the Steelers won, so they're sort of alive again. But more importantly, uh, they lost Stephon Tewitt, um, which is one of their best defensive players. Obviously, that's a huge loss. Very similar uh, to Olivier Vernon. The numbers don't always show, but he does. At the end of the day, he does what he's supposed to do. Well, he, he's crushing it on the sack front this year. But anyway, um, him and Cam Hayward were, were like a dynamic duo, and he's down with, I believe, his second torn peck of his career, uh, which is not good at all. He's done for the year, and you know, I don't know, you know, if that that's one of those things that you know, it's just whatever. You come back and you're fine, or if that's something that has some long-term issues with it because uh, because with the Browns, the last guy I remember who kept tearing his pecs uh, other than Chris Kirksey, obviously this year was Dequel Jackson. And it went downhill in a hurry for him uh, after he tore the first one. And it just kept happening uh, until he was basically left to nothing. So I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't like the Steelers. I think Stefan too, is a hell of a player. I hate to see that him, his career derailed from a, humanitarian point of view, but certainly wouldn't hurt the Browns feelings if, if he is a guy they don't have to worry about anymore. And obviously that's going to be a huge loss for them as the Browns have to play them twice. Um, and Pete, one more before we put a bow on this. Kyler Murray. So far, he's held to, he, he held together. Uh, two, three, and one, I think. Um, maybe the area of the short spread quarterback isn't totally that far-fetched. Well, the games they've won and tied. Well, let's be Lions, honest. We thought we thought he'd be on the shelf by now. Well, yeah. I mean, they 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 beat the softest team, arguably in NFL history, in the Falcons. Um, it's interesting. I, I I think he's talented. I, I still feel like at some point somebody very big and very big, fast and very strong is going to hit him, and it's just going to be over. Um, it hasn't happened yet. Of course, you know, at some point he has to play Miles Garrett. Um, like a Hummer driving over a Prius. So, yeah, it, it, it feels like it's going to be a monster. It feels like it's going to be, you know, uh, a monster truck just crushing any number of cars in front of them. I go back to that hit years ago where Lawrence Taylor hit Joe Montana in the playoffs, and his arm was almost like behind his helmet, and, you know, like Montana walked off, he concussed, and they're like, you okay? Everything hurts. It, like it, it, It's going to be one of those. Um, but for now, hey, I mean, you know, who knows? Because, you know, and how many D linemen now let up because you're not allowed to touch anybody. And this is one more, Pete. Larry Ogunjobi's personal foul yesterday. That was a absolute piece of crap call. And it's the same one Jamal Adams had on Baker Mayfield where the fine even got reversed. 
look, you, you got to be allowed to touch these quarterbacks. And that's literally all Larry did was he gave him like a two-handed shove, like uh, it annoyed me that you got the pass off. It, 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 much like the blindside block rule. Oh, I don't want to get into that rule. one. Uh, I, I just think that the their attempts to protect the quarterback while noble put refs in a terrible position. Um, and I feel like they need to come up with something else um, rather than trying to do it in game. And obviously that's not very satisfying because the idea here is that, you know, the 15 yard penalty might be worse in some cases than the fine. Um, but it can really be game breaking to have some of those penalties that they flat get wrong. And it's, uh, it's delegated so inconsistently some of these quarterbacks are protected with everything uh, refs have, and some of them just aren't. Cam Newton, obviously, you know, for a long time, never got any help. So it, it's it's one of those things where it's just uh, it's not not a good rule. It's not being done very well. Now it's paralysis by analysis. This is going to put a bow on this here, guys. Check out everything at Browns Maven on Twitter, Browns Maven through the si.com. Check out all everything Pete's doing over there. Follow Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Always a follow back account. DMs are open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Uh, appreciate everybody for the support with everything, the work that we're doing here. Both of us it means the world. L, uh, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>